trigger you kevin but i have a a clip to play for you okay okay go are, ahead. You, are you ready sure <laughs> listen right here <laughs> stuff happens. oh man what a day we've had folks it's uh it's been set, set the scene for us kevin tell us a little bit about this so okay. that everybody so, would be uh on tap so i bought these pants a while back and didn't notice they were already like ripped and i had already worn them so i was like okay whatever i'll just whatever so i see seen that uh wasn't a big deal but i've been noticing they felt weird so me and pew go to lunch today and i get in the passenger seat of his truck and i put my leg up to get us to get in the truck and all of a sudden <laughs> like i'm staring at my wallet oh. and my leg <laughs> And, uh, yeah, right there at the cargo pocket, he just ripped up and, uh, yeah, it was, I looked like I was wounded, wounded warrior going into Walmart. When I, when I heard you say, I don't know exactly what you said, oh my goodness, or something to that effect. The first thing that came to my mind after hearing that sound, I was like, he done ripped something in my truck. Yeah. Girl, and then I look down, and Kevin is showing some thigh. <laughs> I am showing thigh. We got PG-13 for me. Oh, man. What an eventful day so far. Well, welcome, everybody, to our Sports 601 podcast, Season 1, Episode 9. It's Wednesday, October the 16th. 16th. Thank you. Uh, I'm your host, James Pugh. I cover sports for sports601.com and the Laurel Impact for Jasper Jones Smith in Wayne County. And then to my 12 o'clock, a little bit further away today. A little bit. Yeah. Do do I smell? No. no, Okay. You just wanted to try the podcast from your desk? Yeah. Try. I got you. I got you. Well, uh, Kevin Lindsay, who covers sports for us for sports601.com and the Hattiesburg Impact for Forrest, Lamar, and Covington County. Would I rather be feared or loved? Um, maybe both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. Kevin, we had a kind of weird week last week, I guess you would say. Had a lot of games moved to Thursday because of... Uh, Kind of the threat of impending weather. Yeah, over 50 games for moving. Yeah, 50, I think 54 is the actual count, um, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and actually, some of those games that, that were played Friday night, I know mine had some rain, but it never was postponed or moved right. or anything like that or halted. Uh, but had a lot of games on Thursday night. So that kind of gave us a little uh, a chance to maybe cover some games that maybe we wouldn't have got to uh, Friday night. 
you know, if they were played on Friday night. So um, it was good to see some of those games. Uh, Before we talk about some of those games in week eight, uh, let's let's talk about predictions. How did you do last week? I had a rough week. Yes, you you did. If you look at my standings, I had a couple of teams that, one, I talked about last week was it would surprise me if it turned out the way it did even though i didn't yeah. pick that uh but a couple that just man they just kind of shot me and it was a little bit of a late barrel so i was six and four i'm still 51 and 22 on the year uh but yeah we gotta do percentages next time because i would like to know what our Maybe you can be calculating that up while I talk about my picks. Man, it just, I told y'all, I told you last week that this was a week that I was I was really scared of because there was a lot of games that I thought could go either way. There was a lot of games that I thought there were potential upsets. Uh, so coming into that week, week eight, I, I was kind of scared about my picks, uh, but I I did pretty well. It seems like and it seems like I talk about this every week, but it seems like I can't get over those three losses. Like every week, I only have I have three losses. There's no two. There's no four. Which I you know I'm glad I don't have four. But but once again, you know, three losses on the week for me. I, I went nine and three on the week in week eight. So uh, my overall record is uh, fifty and 21 so you've had an extra you had two games so you've got an extra loss and, and an extra win over my record so uh you know we're, we're doing pretty good do you have those uh yeah i'm looking up right now yeah you know you you had a better week but yeah like you said you've been cursed with yeah it's every week three losses yeah every, no, no matter how many wins i get how many games are in the week i always end up with just three losses yeah right now i'm at 69.86 percent okay i feel pretty good about that yeah uh, you know, just just looking at it. What about me? Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm having yeah, a it's probably at... around that same range. Cause... Yeah, yeah. You said you were fifty and twenty-one. Right? Yeah, I'm fifty and twenty-one. So putting that in there, folks. As you can tell, we are not instant. Yeah, mathematic. Uh, <laughs> Geniuses. You got a little bit better. You were seventy percent. Right. Yeah, seventy percent, seventy point four two. So okay, yeah, pretty good. That's pretty good. I, I kind of want to. I, I kind of wish I was around seventy five though. Seventy five seems like a good number. Yeah. Um, for being you know pretty much dead on. Uh, obviously, you know we pick the scores and and you. I mean, you never know on those things. I'd much rather pick games and say, all right. The win percentage for this team is that, or doing it based on how many points you think a team will win by. I think that, yes, I think that would be kind of easier than just picking the the actual scores because obviously, you know, there have been some most weeks where we have several games where we're we're pretty much dead on on the score, and there's some scores that you know we may get who wins right but we definitely don't get the score it ends up being a either a high scoring game or a low scoring game and then sometimes that's just hard to, to do but yeah 75 percent is kind of what i'm shooting for hopefully i can finish off these next couple of weeks uh with some obviously i won't do it if i keep getting three losses every <laughs> week so you know to be honest i think this is like Week five in a row where, you know, I'm, I'm seven and three, eight and three, nine and three, ten and three, just something in three. Yeah. So hopefully that'll change this week. 
Uh, let's kind of go into some of those games that we uh, were at uh, Thursday and Friday night. I'll start off with my games. Um, and I won't mention every one of these, you know, what, what night they were played on. Just know that they were played in week eight. Uh, the game that I was at Thursday night was actually a really good game, even though the score does not show that. And that was Civil Bay and Newton County Academy there with a big uh, District 3, 3A, or Triple A District 3. I don't know exactly how that's uh, kind of worded there in, in MAIS uh, lingo. But, uh, but yeah, big game uh, in, in Bay Springs. I had uh, Civil Bay in Newton County. Civil Bay came up out came out on top, thirty six to seven. That game was actually uh, kind of scary in the very beginning because Newton County Academy kind of shut down the run game and kind of shut down Civil Bay offensively, and then the floodgates just kind of opened up there there towards the end of the first quarter, and then Civil Bay ran away with it. Uh, man, what a night! Uh, River Thomas had in that game. Let me tell you, you know, I wrote about in our, he was, of course, our player of the week this week. And, you know, I talked about hitting for the cycle is, is kind of a term you're, you only hear during baseball. But in football lingo, he kind of did the, did something similar. He had a, a touchdown run, a touchdown pass, a touchdown catch, and he had a pick six on defense. So I don't, I don't know of many kids who can say they've kind of gone for the cycle there. I wonder. I wonder if that's like you would almost. I feel like Brandon Shields would know that. Yeah, like that would, would be something. He would, <laughs> would that has that ever happened? Because he got a two point conversion too. Didn't he score. Yeah, he he had he was in on some two point conversion right. plays. You know, whether tossing the ball or catching it or running it in. So you know, because they they go, kind of go for two point conversions most right. of the time in that in that game and and, and maybe throughout the season. But but yeah, man, what a night for River Thomas. I mean, just just think about a kid having that kind of a game. And a lot of that has to do with you know he's one of their better players on offense. Offense. And uh, Coach Terry Underwood told me after the game, you know, their game plan, uh, especially for that week, is knowing that he's one of the best players on the field. They run offensive schemes that just kind of try to get the ball into his hands any way that they can. So they line him up at running back sometimes. They line him up at quarterback. Uh, obviously, he, he caught a pass, but I think he was lined up as a running back in that uh particular play he played wide receiver last year but just man what a game for him uh, and what a game for Silver Bay because this actually puts them in the seat for uh, their sec- second district championship in, in a row if they can beat Amit County uh, which is very 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 plausible yeah. if they can beat Amit County um, to end out the regular season in two weeks so a big win for Silver Bay and obviously some celebration going on there in Bay Springs for them the game I was at Friday night was uh, Northeast Jones and Florence. Man, it came a flood somewhere near the end of the first quarter. It rained heavily in the second quarter. Kind of stopped a little bit midway through the third quarter, but man, what a wet game that was. And uh, I stayed out in it for some because I wanted to get some some really cool photography of uh, you know raindrops falling as kids are, are playing ball. So uh, I stayed out in the rain a little bit and then went to the press box to kind of cover the rest of the game. But uh, North East Jones picks up a, a good win for them. They beat Florence 16 to zero. They are unbeaten in uh, region play at this point, and they will face a team this week who's also unbeaten in region play. Quitman, we'll talk about that game a little bit later. Other games, you had South Jones picking up a win against uh, 
uh, Jim Hill, their first win in district play, 21 to 20. I believe they stopped Jim Hill on a two-point conversion there at the end of the game to solidify that win. Uh, West Jones, a winner over Forest Hill, 37 to 18. Uh, that was a little uh, score that was kind of shocking to me. Uh, not that West Jones won. I obviously knew that they were going to win, and, and not that they scored 30-something points. I knew that would kind of happen. But give up 18 points against Forest Hill, that was a little surprising to me. And those points were, I think, uh, they scored six points in the second, third, and fourth, or either first, second, and third quarter in that game. So it wasn't like this happened, you know, in, in kind of garbage time in the right. second half. Um, but anyway, West Jones gets the win over Forest Hill. Uh, Laurel, big winner over Natchez, 48-14. to Lee County defeats Wayne Academy. 28-14. to 14. Uh, Wayne County, big winners over uh, – not big winners, but but a big win for them. Uh, they pick up a 42-40 to 40 win over East Central. Uh, Enterprise Clark, 28. Mize, 22. That was one of the games I got wrong. I thought uh, Mize would hand Enterprise Clark their first loss of the, of the season. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen, but I've got to say that Enterprise Clark will probably lose their first game of the season this week. They play Taylorsville. Uh, talk about that game a little bit later too uh you had taylorsville a big winner over heidelberg 48 to 6 yazoo county defeated uh, raleigh 31 to 14 uh union all over stringer 34 to 0 and then also bay springs all over their opponent puckett 50 to 0 bay springs come out hot well when you lose the way you did to taylorsville the week before uh, obviously bay springs wanted to get that sour taste out of their mouth and they just kind of took that frustration out on Puckett and handed them a big loss because you know Puckett coming into this game only had one loss I think on the season uh, maybe two uh, but had had a pretty good season so far and just base frames just dominated that game uh, what were some of your games that were played Thursday and uh, Friday night in week eight yeah, right. Like uh, like I said, kind of like what James said, just know that some of these games were played Thursday night, some of them were played Friday. I'm, I'm not going to separate those out. Uh, Oak Grove traveled to Meridian, and they took care of business. Uh, 55 to 6, uh, get their first region win, so that helps them out. Uh, this is the one uh, that I said that doesn't surprise me, but I picked wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Collins over North Forest. You know, uh, North Forest played had to play Monday night. They turned right back around in a district game uh, against really. We know Collins is down, right. but still, it's it's a close district. Not down, I would say. Just just had a lot of injuries right. so far. Yeah, they, they're yeah. kind of the, you know we mentioned a lot. They're in the Summerall territory. They really have right. key injuries. But, you know, Collins, for them to shut out North Forest yeah. with that district the way that it is, Collins is still – they still have a shot yeah. to at least become district champs. So that's a big win for them over North Forest. Uh, Seminary, they got back on track, defeated Tyler Town 46-7. to um, You have Lee County. Again, this is one I picked, hoping that Sacred Heart could, could get, on, get their first win. But – it just didn't happen. Lee County was all over Sacred Heart, 32-0. to zero. 
Uh, you had Purvis. Uh, they defeated Sunrall. This was a Thursday game, and I was actually going to go to it until everybody in Jasper and everywhere canceled. Uh, we kind of called it audible, but had still had somebody at the game. Buster Wolf was there. Yep. Uh, Purvis defeated Sunrall 28-17. Sunrall got their quarterback back. Uh, everything I heard, like a completely different offense, and they hung in there with Purvis, but Purvis picks up uh, their fifth straight win, I believe. So they'll be playing – facing Popperville, uh, who uh, that should be a good game. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be a test for purpose to keep, see if they keep that winning streak going. Uh, you have Mount Olive, big win over Sebastopol, 28 to zero. And Mount Olive is right back in the thick of things to get to the playoffs in 1A football. So I know uh, Coach Durr is happy about that. Uh, you had Simpson Academy. They defeated Presbyterian Christian 14-7. to This is another one. Don't know what's going on at PCS, but this is one that I'm kind of worried about. Um, and see how Presbyterian Christian responds coming off of another loss. Uh, Green County was all over Forest County Ag, 40-0. And then you had Picayune. They just keep rolling, and they roll right through Hattiesburg, 48-15. And then the game that I was at, oh, man, we what had a, a thriller. Uh, pedal defeated Brandon on the last-minute kick, 27-24. I am so glad that I got to go to that game. It was a great one. Uh, and, and listen, despite the loss, I feel like Brandon could still – make a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah. They have a quarterback that he is legit, man. He looks the part of what a typical kind of pocket passer looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got some other key players. One one dude, he is extremely quick. But DeCarlos Nicholson, I uh, can't talk about him enough. You know, they get the, the ball back, have to go 80 yards uh, in about two minutes. Defense made a big stop on the goal line, but Nicholson just took over that game, and, and Coach Bulls talked about he shines in the biggest moments, yeah. and Nicholson did. He made uh, scrambles when receivers were up and down the field. He would just take off and kind of look kind of like that Aaron Rodgers-esque, if I can call it, where he just – when it's on the line, he's going to yeah. take it and do what he needs to do. So, uh, big win for Pedal. And that's all I got for my Thursday and Friday nights. Yeah, there were some uh, some close games, and then obviously some games that were uh, just kind of like every week. You know, you have those games that are going to be close, and then you have several that are blowouts. So, uh, just glad to get that weekend without having any Saturday or, or Monday games like we had had the week before. Uh, before we get into you know what what's going on this week and and obviously we got a, some big games a really big game that we would we're gonna love to talk about uh, Kevin we, we kind of started something this week just just kind of came to my mind uh, I, you know I'm a I started out as a photographer in uh, sports uh, and then you know several years later became a sports editor started writing stories and and, and whatnot but you know I started out as a photographer so. I, loving the photography side a little bit more than you know these these other things that we do uh i love to visit you know ap images getty images uh, usa today images and uh check out photos and so just kind of dawned on me hey you know we're out there a couple of nights a week why don't we just pick our 
favorite or best photo of the week and, and kind of give a rundown of what happened in that photo or kind of explain it or explain the game or something. So we kind of started something called Photo of the Week uh, where we highlight our best photo, our best image, uh, one in my area and then also one in your area. And, uh, you know, we won't talk as much about what photo we picked this week, uh, although we can, but, but Kevin, I want to get your, you know, you haven't been a photographer as long as I have, but it's only been just a few years difference in, in how long I've done it and how long you've done it. But, uh, kind of talk about, you know, in the aspects of, of what you look for, for, uh, an epic photo. Yeah. Like, you know, I shattered you, uh, yeah. with photography and literally we went to lakes and doing nature stuff and I'd always liked it before uh, but you know I eventually bought a camera uh, 40D Canon 40D and bought a lens and the first game I ever went to was South Jones and Bay Springs I believe it was yeah. Um, but anyway yeah like you learn as you shoot more where to be you know and Mm -hmm. uh just like friday night you know you can go and you can look at the photo that that i picked for my photo of the week i had a few uh but you look for those moments right and like you pick up on stuff and like the carlos nicholson uh, usually after he celebrates a touchdown he points up to the sky and you know i've been waiting every time that uh, I cover pedal for him to do that, and I always miss that shot. <laughs> and I just happened to be just in the right place and was shooting kind of low, and he does it. And then not only after I, after I uh, took the picture, I looked, and I was hoping I was, you know, right light and everything else. But then you have the Brandon player who's like right there, kind of got hands on his hips, dejected, yeah, and that's dejection. just like you can almost. I don't know about. I don't know if, if you're like this, but you take a photo and you almost know the frame, mm-hmm. like how you want to frame this, mm-hmm. and uh, that's kind of how it was. And you know, there, there's some pictures that I've taken over the years that I absolutely love. Uh, one is still my desktop uh, photo. It's last year's state championship. Uh, wide receivers diving towards the end zone. Scott Central players diving, and he's just mid-air. And it's just, as soon as you see it, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, cannot yeah. wait to get to post. So, um, you know, I know you had a good shot Friday night. Yeah, I had a uh, actually a defensive lineman who's – probably in the upwards of 300 pounds, uh, kind of going airborne for a tackle uh, of a Newton County Academy player. And, and the guy he tackled was was pretty big himself. I mean, he was playing running back on that particular play, and he's an Ole Miss baseball commit. Um, but just when you look at him, he's, he's a D1 athlete. But right. um, the Austin McKinsley, I believe his name was, from Silver Bay, number 70, just goes airborne for a tackle there on the defensive line and just – you know, just kind of, it's just one of those photographs where, you know, you, you talk about, um, you know, as you're shooting, you see something and you're like, man, I can't wait to frame it. My fear has always been, oh my goodness, I, will, I hope this is in focus. Right. <laughs> you know, because it, it, I've had some, I've had some photographs over the years. I was like, man, that's going to be a great one. And I go through immediately, go through the camera and the photo 
the exact moment that I want is not in focus. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's, that's just a product of, um, photography. You're going to have those moments a lot. Actually, there's a, a Twitter, uh, profile that I follow. It's called, uh, so you want to be a sports photographer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, a lot of photographers who's, who's been in the business a long time and some who hasn't will submit their photos where they miss the big play or miss this big shot, whether it's, you know, the, the wrong guys in focus or the, the photos not even in focus in, at all. Or like I have to deal with a lot there's a ref in the picture. Oh, the referees, man. One, one of these days, one of these years, I'm going to put a collage together and call it referees butts. Because <laughs> there's no telling how many photos I get uh, in a game where you're, you're, you're photographing the action and stepping right in front of you is a referee or official and it just ruins the shot because it just knocks the focus off or you you miss half the play but man that's what i deal with uh, every friday and saturday uh nights i I had a shot last year at the state championships and it was i believe it was oak grove and i'm shooting and like guys coming down and make the catch and I'm shooting, 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 you know, you, you just get in the get in the glass and you just spray and pray. And I look down. A Matt Bush tactic. Yeah, a Matt Bush tactic. <laughs> I learned it from him. <laughs> and I, I just get I like I pulled up and I was like, I would play. And then I look and every person on that sideline had like stepped their head out. <laughs> and you you could only see like half the player and it just killed me. That is the bane of my existence is referees and a coach or a, a water boy or, or whoever just like steps out on the field and just just kills the shot. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there there are a lot of times you get some great images and my shot wasn't an action shot. Yeah. You know, it wasn't anything like a, a big catch or anything like that. But uh, that shot of Nicholson, I, I absolutely loved. So, but, uh, yeah. I, I've been doing this, uh, the photography part of sports for, uh, my goodness, since 2009, I believe. And I actually started with the Sony A250. Uh, which it was great in the daytime, but at nighttime, man, the ISO on it was terrible. And I could only go up to, and, and some of you out there who, who love photography and you, you may be getting started and you don't have the equipment uh, that I have uh, can under, can relate to this, but it wasn't a, a very expensive camera. It's probably only about $500. And you could not go above, you could shoot 3200 ISO and you might could make it work for newspaper, but anything else is just too much noise right. in the photo. So you'd had to, for me, it, it went from 1600 to 3200. So I had to shoot most of my stuff at 1600. And uh, man, just looking back on those days, you, you had to, you really had to learn what to do, uh, what time to shoot, 
uh, during the game, like to, to make sure that, because it, it's 1600 ISO, you're not going to, especially on Friday night fields and even even at college games, you're going to get a blurry picture because yeah. you, you're, your shutter speed is not going to be able to be as high at those um, lower ISOs. Um, man, the cameras I got now are you know six thousand dollars brand new, and uh, I have I have shot a game at sixteen thousand ISO, and they're definitely doable. Um, I wouldn't be able to sell you know big prints. Say, and when I say big prints, I mean like uh, you know twenty by ten right. inch photographs uh, probably wouldn't be able to, to ex- expand them or you know enlarge them that much but you'd still be able to, to do a, a really decent you know eight by ten or ten by eight photo um, so I, I mainly hang out around the eight thousand ISO range which for my camera man that's that's incredible you, you barely deal with noise even at, at that high and ISO and I know for some of you people that's like that's crazy that's crazy because you know you got those cameras that you know the $500 cameras that you know 32,000 ISO and and your photos kind of blown out with noise but uh, yeah I mean kind of kind of come a long way over the years saved up some money um, bought some uh, more expensive equipment and, and let me tell you they're they're very uh, they're very good and they're definitely worth the money uh, the big thing for me in shooting sports especially using a uh, 1dx that's a full frame camera and a 400 lens uh, fixed lens at 2.8 um, I find that my best photos are when I'm shooting from my knees. Uh, you just kind of get that perspective of, and, and really with any kind of photography, the lower you shoot, the bigger the player looks. Right. And the better background you're going to get shooting from the knees. So that's what I tell a lot of people who shoot um, sports photography is that that's that's been the key for me is being able to shoot because you get a better, uh, you get more more of a plain level uh, image when you shoot from knee. So obviously, and and I've had to wear knee pads in the last couple of years cause from kneeling so much. But but uh, you know that's that's been my that's been my kind of advice to 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 people who are starting out shooting is uh, you know once you get a lens and a camera that you can you can have extended uh, photograph from you know that's that's the best thing to do is kind of shoot from the knees and, and obviously look for those emotion photos those celebrations um, those uh, photos that you get after a big catch or after a big run it's just it's pretty epic so um, I still love photography you know, a little bit more than I do anything else but but man I, I still uh, I enjoy writing stories. I enjoy doing podcasts. I enjoy doing all those stuff now. It's just photography still kind of that one thing that, that I enjoy doing the most. So be sure to look uh, check us out on Sports 601 where you can find each week we'll um, feature two photos of the week, one from the games that I shoot and then one from the games that Kevin shoot. Uh, let's talk about week nine, Kevin. Um, got some big games, got some games that are – you know, maybe not so big. Uh, there's no bigger game than the one I'll be at Friday night. That's for sure. Yeah, you have the game. You I have, have the, game. the game. Yes, uh, you got Laurel at West Jones. Laurel six and one. West Jones is seven and zero. Oh. 
Both of them are unbeaten in region play. And to be honest, this game decides who wins the region championship. I know there's, you know, two or three weeks left in the regular season. Um, but barring any epic meltdown, and it would have to be epic, uh, this is a game that would decide region play because obviously West Jones and Law are the best teams in Region 35A. Brookhaven is not what they used to be. And after Brookhaven, there's a kind of a, a pretty big drop-off in the team. So this will be a big game. And, and I said this in my picks, which you can also check out on Sports 601 this week. This was a game that no matter who I pick, uh, I don't feel comfortable with. It's not like there's an outright favorite in this game. I think if you play this game 10 times in the regular season this year, you'll probably have six different results. Um, a, a six and four or a five and five kind of ratio. Um, but I'm gonna have to go with Laurel on this one. I, I think. Um, just looking at the teams that Laurel's played, they're more they're more conditioned for a game like this. And, and I say conditioned because they've played um, some some little bit better teams than West Jones has so far. Uh, obviously, Laurel uh, stunned Petal uh, in week four, handed Petal their only loss of the year so far. And Petal 6A, Laurel's 5A. Um, so... I would have to give the nod to Laurel, but like I said, man, I'm not even completely comfortable with that because I believe that either one of these teams could win this game. I think it's uh, no doubt that this game will go deep in the fourth quarter before a clear winner is decided. You know, last year we had an overtime win for Laurel in this game, and uh, I'm not saying this game's going to go to overtime, but I do believe um, that this game will come down to a final possession. Uh, needless to say, this game is going to be really, really good. I'm expecting huge crowds uh, at this game. I just feel like that everybody knows this is a must-see game. Uh, this game has been circled, highlighted, and circled again uh, at the beginning of the season. Everybody's been kind of waiting for this matchup. And uh, I guess it just really depends on which team comes out there and wants it more. Because like I said, this is going to be a tight game and it could go either way. But I'm going to give Laurel the nod in this game. Uh, I know this is not in your area, Kevin, but kind of give your thoughts on that game. See, I'm kind of surprised that you gave it to Laurel. And and I, I understand your reasoning, okay? Because they did. They Laurel, Stone, Petal. They beat Poplar. Was it Poplarville? Yeah. Yeah. They beat Poplarville to open the open the season, and I understand that reasoning. I feel like that West Jones and you were. I don't know. Were you there uh, two years ago at West Jones, where West Jones just they pretty much kept the ball away from Laurel yeah. and won that game. I feel like West Jones is going to try to do that again. Yeah. And it's not going to be grounded pass. Right. It's going to be short, quick passes, and trying to extend extend Laurel's defense and make them run sideline to sideline. I'm not as I kind of like you. I I kind of lean towards West Jones, but I'm not comfortable with it. Right. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Laurel wins this game. I was there last year for that game that went into overtime, and it was a doozy. And now it's it's even bigger because both these teams ranked in the AP prep poll three and four. This will this will decide the region. Oh yeah, no doubt. This is decide five. No 
both these teams could probably go deep in the playoffs. Uh, I, I, Picky is probably the best team in the South. I would agree. Would not surprise me to see Laurel or West Jones, though, give them a game if they get in the playoffs and match up with one another. With one another. Uh, but I kind of I don't know. There's something about Scott Pearson. He's got his mojo back. He got it back last year. And, yeah. And I feel like Pearson, and that's not a knock on, on Todd Breland. I really, really like Todd Breland. But Pearson just seems – it seems like this is that mid-2000s West Jones mentality where they aren't going to talk much. They're just going to get it done. If West Jones can win this game, they're going undefeated in the regular season. Oh, yeah. that, that's a given. Yeah. Um, and and let, me, let me explain a couple more things that may factor into all of this. Um, against South Jones two weeks ago, uh, West Jones lost one of their better offensive players. Not not their best, I don't think, offensive players, but lost one of their better offensive players to an ACL, MCL. I mean, from what I understand, literally everything in his knee was yes. was, was torn. Uh, so you lose one of your top offensive guys, Michael Neal, and so you don't have him. Uh, I do believe that West Jones's defense is probably a tad bit better. Um and there's been games that, that have made me question about Laurel, but but really the only game that I, I've really questioned is that uh, game against uh, Brookhaven. But that was on a that was on a Monday, so you can't really chalk that up to. If this was played on a Friday night, I think I think Laurel walks away with this game handily against against Brookhaven. But uh, yeah, you, with, you go, go ahead with with Neil out, and uh, I just think that. Uh, that's going to play a little bit into it. I think the quarterback play, uh, they're both about even. I think Laurel's quarterback, Evans, is, is a little bit, just a little bit more athletic than Alan Foss. But, but Foss is a good quarterback. He's, he's definitely improved that offense from a year ago. Um, obviously, this is his second year to be a starter, and, and he's – you know, kind of taking the reins and, and have done a lot of good things in the passing game. Uh, Laurel just said, and another thing, Laurel has the better receivers. They're bigger, uh, a little bit faster. Um, the the more typical wide receivers you see uh, from Laurel's past. Um, just just a com- combination of all these kind of things, I think, just kind of give Laurel a little bit more of the edge. Now, you know, we, I will mention this. Be fair, and I'll mention this. Um, there is a, a common commonality in, in this game as far as who they played in opponents. And one of the games you can look back is the Wayne County game. Laurel's only loss of the year was an overtime loss to Wayne County. When West Jones played Wayne County this year, they beat them. Uh, by a couple scores, uh, but also in that game, they kind of knocked the quarterback and, and a little bit of the running back out in that game. Uh, couldn't finish the game because of some little slight injuries, uh, so that that kind of made the difference there a little bit. And, and Pearson was the first one to mention that when I went to talk to him that week, is that you know they wasn't that healthy at quarterback and running back because of that. So that made a, a kind of a big difference in that game. But that is a common game that both teams have played that you can kind of, I guess if you wanted to judge each team by, you know, how they performed against that. But but I've learned you can't really do that 
and especially with these rivalry games because you never know who's going to show up. But but like I said, I, I got to give Laurel the slight edge in this game. But like you, I just I'm not comfortable with with either one uh, picking and, and believing. Hey, they're going to win this game hands down. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Not only the Wayne County game, but people. And, and it was pointed out at Saturday at the West Jones-South Jones game where people were like, and even, even Pearson said that he just didn't think they played well. And I, I get that to a point. Uh, I, I had to write that story and, and interview Pearson. But, man, if, if 35 or 37 to 5, whatever it was, 30-point mm-hmm. victory, if that wasn't playing well <laughs> – Man, yeah, like you know, and I get it. I get what he was talking about, but you know, I, I throw that. I throw those two games where they play on Monday and Saturday right. and say those are moments. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, like I said, I kind of lean towards West Jones, but um, we'll it see. Would not surprise me. Yeah, we'll see. So be, be good for bragging rights, I guess you would say between us both. Yeah, um, who who wins this game as far as picks go con- are concerned? Uh, Friday night, where are you going to be, Kevin? I am going to be at Purvis. They will play Poplarville. I had a couple of games I was considering going to, but the more I thought about it, I feel like this one could maybe decide who wins the region championship here. You know, obviously it's not Laurel West Jones and uh, in Purvis and Poplarville's region, you have Green County, who I think is really, really good. This is a three-horse race. Uh, but this is a game that's all important. So even if it doesn't decide region play, it's going to decide who finishes second, who finishes third in that region. So yeah, I, I'll be Purvis. Uh, excited to see Poplarville. They reeled off a couple of wins, and then Purvis obviously started over three. They're five and three now. They're really hot. Uh, so yeah, that's where I'll be Friday night. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, some other games to mention that are in week nine. You got six and two miles at seven and one Bay Springs. That's going to be another big game for Bay Springs. Uh, Mize, uh, six and two on the year. And then, of course, Bay Springs is, is rolling, especially after last week's big pucket win. We'll have somebody covering that game. You got Leak County, who's three and six at Stringer, who's three and five. Uh, Civil Bay in a non district game. Uh, against Bowling Green, uh, Civil Bay is three and five. Bowling Green is five and three. You got two and five. Raleigh uh, traveling to McLaurin is two and six. Uh, Enterprise seven and zero, seven and zero on the year, playing Taylorsville seven and one. Uh, still believe Taylorsville is going to roll in this game uh, pretty easily. And you got South Jones two and six playing at Brookhaven uh, two and five. That's going to be a game to watch. Uh, South Jones has always played Brookhaven close in the last couple of years. Uh, you got Northeast Jones four and four, but two and zero oh in district play. Traveling to Quitman, who's five and three on the season, but also two and zero oh in district play. Uh, Columbia Academy two and five at Wayne Academy two and five. Pascagoula four and three at Wayne County five and two, and then Puckett, who is three and five, will travel to Heidelberg, who is two and six. So, uh, what other games you got in your area th- uh, Friday night, Kevin? Yeah, like I said, I got a few good games there. Jefferson Davis County, who is two and six. Don't let that two and six fool you. They played six A, five A opponents. So while you look at it and say that's not a typical Jefferson Davis County season, 
understand who they play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jefferson Davis County two and six, Seminary five and three. Uh, Terry two and six at Oak Grove, who is four and three. Picking you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Picking you, Hansburg do not play. They've already played. Uh, West Marion uh, at Summerall, and then you have Mount Olive three and five, Sacred Heart over seven, Jackson Academy. Four and four at Presbyterian Christian, five and three. I'll be interested to see if Presbyterian Christian can get back rolling and uh, see what they can do uh, to ride the ship. Uh, you have Collins, two and five at East Marion, and this is a game uh, that I kind of pick Collins probably a little bit lower in the point total than what I should have. Uh, but if they can beat East Marion and if they can keep that rolling, uh, they'll be they'll be pretty good. They'll be in good shape in the district. Uh, you have Forest County Ag two and five at Summerall, who is three and five. Uh, one of those two teams, they're going to get a region win. And then you have Hattiesburg, who is going to be at PRC. Hattiesburg is one and six. PRC uh, is three and four on the year. So you can see my predictions, sports601.com. Also, pedal at Northwest Rankin. And uh, this is when I told you about an hour or so ago, this could be an upset. Yeah. Uh, Northwest Rankin has played some top teams really, really close. And if Pedal does not, if if they you know don't make the trip mentally or late arriving mentally, that they will lose this game. But I still you know, pick Pedal to win. But I'm just saying, uh, could be a chance for an upset there. But anyway, you can see my predictions at sports601.com. All right, before we wrap up this podcast, let's talk a little college football, kind of run down the games we got going on Thursday and Saturday. Um, Thursday night, you got PRCC traveling to number one in the country, Mississippi Gulf Coast. How did Mississippi Gulf Coast get to number one? Like, it's, they just quietly snuck yeah. into that number one spot. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be a be a tough road for the Wildcats. So that'll be your game uh, Thursday night, and then the other JUCO game is actually going to be on Saturday. That's number ten in the nation, Jones College at Colin. Man, I'm surprised Colin is not ranked. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're not ranked right now. They did get um, votes. I saw. Yeah. I did see this, this has always been a good game between Jones and Colin over the years. So. Uh, be an interesting game to see Saturday. Other games you got going on Saturday, you got uh, Southern Miss at La Tech, big rivalry game. Uh, got LSU traveling to Starkville to play Mississippi State. Who? Oh gosh, <laughs> you called it. I called it. I did. I did. Um, I don't. Did, did I talk about this on the podcast? I think week? you did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. I, I, this was a game that everybody was was. Put, calling for a win for Mississippi State, and I just wasn't convinced. Um, I, I, I told everybody, I said, Tennessee, uh, they always have, no matter how their season is going, they always have this one game where they show up and kind of stun an opponent where they're an underdog in, and I uh, just felt like that this was the game that was going to be. And uh, Tennessee pulls off a 20-0 to or 20-10 to win over Mississippi State. And right now, Starkville is uh, kind of licking the wound and, and talking about coaching changes already. I, man, I just don't know. I, I read a stat 
that Moorhead already has more wins in his first two years than what Mullen did in his first two years. I think Mullen had nine in two seasons at this point. Moorhead has, I think, 11 at this point. But Mullen came in with a Mississippi State team that had been struggling. Right. Moorhead got the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. And... I, that's has not biggest, produced. Yeah, that's where the biggest um, difference lies. And, and what's crazy is this Mississippi State fans were all so excited about this hire when Joe, Joe Moorhead was announced. Um, you know, couldn't couldn't have got a better guy and all these things. And it just, just has not produced in the SEC. And, and, and obviously, in Starkville, this is, you know uh, – I think LSU is a 17-point favorite in this game, and, and right honestly, so. I think they should be probably a little bit more. I would say at least a 24-point favorite in this game. So, going to be a tough sledding there in Starkville uh, Saturday night. And then you got Texas A&M coming to Ole Miss. I believe uh, Texas A&M is favored uh, by six points in this game. And, and if I was a betting person, this was a, this would be a game I would lay my money on. I think um, I think Ole Miss is heading in the right direction. I uh, just don't think that they will be able to beat Texas A&M. Now they could. Um, this is kind of a game that, that, you know, if you play it ten times, Ole Miss might win three of those. Um, but I just don't think they will pick up that win against Texas A&M. Even though Texas A&M has struggled a little bit this year, um, they just have a passing game and some some very quality receivers that uh, in the games that Ole Miss have played against a, a good passing attack, they just have not done well in. So that's why I give the edge to uh, Texas A&M a little bit more than what the bookies have called for this game. Uh, any any final thoughts, Kevin? Uh, Southern Miss Latte. That one probably could decide the Conference yeah. USA now that Southern has moved on and got by North Texas. Big win over North Texas. Yeah, too. that was big. Crowd was loud. Uh, yeah, I I really feel confident in saying that if Southern Miss wins this game, they're they're probably winning their oh, yeah. side of the CUSA. And uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm still indifferent on that ABM Ole Miss game. Really? I'm still indifferent on that. It, everything should point to ABM winning this game, but I don't know something about it. Maybe something. Maybe with it being at Ole Miss is what's got me kind of conflicted. They right. they did not look good against Auburn's front seven, and I feel like Ole Miss has a pretty good defensive line front seven. And now they closed that game up, like you said, with the passing game um, against Auburn. But, man, I don't know. I just – I'm still indifferent on it. Um, you know, like you said, Mississippi State, LSU, it should be 20-plus in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I just – I don't know. Uh, State's – State, State better hope the Cowbells are loud and Burrow can't handle it. But just coming off the swamp, I think Burrow would be fine. I think I read something this week that said that when he was younger, he had a Cowbell in his, his room. Uh, maybe he's going to practice reading it all week, so it won't bother him. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, big game I'll be watching at Southern Miss, La Tech. I, I'm, I'm excited to see you it. You think Southern. this will be a shootout? Yes. Yeah. I think Southern Miss, like, I mean, what was it, Southern Miss and Troy? It was back yeah. and forth. I was uh, listening to that game coming back from Mississippi State, K-State, and that game was a shootout. So I expect that again. 
Um, if I wasn't going to Mississippi State, I would be probably getting credentials to go to Law Tech. So yeah. All right. Be sure to check us out at sports601.com for all your high school, JUCO, and college sports updates, articles, photos, and videos. Until next week, we'll see you out on the field. Be safe.